This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Welcome back. If you could only hear us in the breaks, uh, you'd have a lot of fun. This is Silver and Black today. The home stretch. Mo Moten, Skockle Branson, your sage guides taking you through the latest news views and information about your las vegas raiders again a big thank you to brian baldinger for joining us of course nfl network also part of the family here at odyssey make sure you listen to the draft show the odyssey live draft show will be on thursday night at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific he's doing it with jason lockin for i will join them live we're going to be competing with mo who's going to be on the bleacher report show mo that's at the same time right how, how you're going to come on and talk about the raiders pick on that as well basically it's a watch show i'm going to kick it off at 8 p.m eastern time 5 p.m pacific ah. when the draft kicks off so i'll be talking through pick seven when the raiders are on the clock so if the raiders make a move or if there's something that impacts the raiders i'll be able to talk about it live on air and you can join me and we can you know, have a sip of something and see what happens. A sip of something and a lick of some mint chip ice cream, oh, baby. No. No. Not happening. <laughs> to go with your warm potato salad. <laughs> we were talking on Twitter on, on Tuesday. Was it? Yeah, Tuesday. I can lose track of my days. Um, about warm potato salad. My former boss, my former editor at the Las Vegas Review Journal, Kurt Kern, was giving me crap. He loved to give me crap because... I still call him boss. He was one of my first bosses in the in the business, and so we still do it. And everybody was ganging up on me on the on the warm potato salad. But there was one guy who said to put it on top of a hot dog. I think I saw that. I wasn't sure if I read that correctly. I was like, now, "Are these? Is that the allergy meds acting up?" Did he said, "Put it on the hot dog." I don't know. I was. But then, I was but then I thought about it, and I'm like, "Okay, if it's warm and it's potatoes, putting it on a hot dog." Now, I'm originally from Chicago back in the day where we don't put ketchup or any of that crap stuff. And you're from New York. It's a mustard, mustard town. So putting a warm potato salad on a hot dog, I might have to try it, Mo. I might have to try it. Hey, I'm up for trying it, especially if it's warm. <laughs> Not cold. There you go. Speaking of, speaking of warm, our listeners, yes, they're warm. They're fired up to send us questions, as they always are, Mo. Uh, and the first question for you is about your Brook is about your Brooklyn Nets hat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's an inside joke for longtime listeners. Okay, so this one comes from Twitter at Real Super Sean S E A N 
traditional uh, spelling of Sean. Shout out to Real Super Sean. I've known him for years. Yes. Much, yes. much respect to him. He's been supporting my work for a long time. Super Sean, I know you sent a DM. I wasn't able to answer that DM. So maybe this question has to do with that DM that you sent. He, right yes. Now. He sent me a DM too. And I told him because it was a question and it wasn't necessarily for the show. But I told him we would answer it on the show because we liked it, and I figured maybe he sent it to you. He did say he's known you so long that back then you had dreadlocks down <laughs> your knees. Is that, is that right? Is that you didn't have I, dreadlocks? I don't you? think that's too accurate, but we'll we'll, we'll ride with that. <laughs> okay, I thought it would be fun. All right, so here's what Sean asked. He says, "Would you guys be cool coming away with Forbes and Cansey and gaining picks to get the highest rated tight end and linebacker?" That's from Super Sean. So Forbes, of course, and Cansey. Cansey's going to go, I think, I mean, I think Cansey's one of the top 10, 12 players in the draft. Don't you, Mo? I wouldn't say top 10, 12, but I would say top 20, just okay. for context purposes. And in the, in the Bleach Report live draft that I had on Tuesday, I was able to get Cansey for the Bills at 27, and I was shocked. He was oh, wow. I think, I actually think Cansey is the second best Defensive tackle in this draft behind Jalen Carter. I know a lot of right. people like Brian Breezy. Breezy, I, I I would stay away from Breezy simply because again, the injury history scares me. Um, I maybe he played out of position at Clemson, taking on less double teams and just being a three technique defensive tackle may help him. But I like Cansey out of Pittsburgh. I don't think he's Aaron Donald because a lot of people like to push that Aaron Donald comparison because they were both from Pitt. But I think he could be very effective and very disruptive in the middle of the <clears throat> of a defense if the Raiders miss out or pass on a Jalen Carr, I think Cansey could be that guy. So to answer Superstar's question, I would definitely take Cansey, but I'm not taking him at seven. I'm probably mm. moving down to get him. The, uh, Emmanuel Forbes is a guy that I like. It's just that what scares me is he is super thin. Yeah, he's very uh, When thin. I say Emmanuel Forbes, is he is 166 pounds, I believe. And I watched the draft show, and, and, and I believe it was Greg Cosell saying that we've never seen a cornerback at 166 pounds excel on this level. Right. So you're looking at an outlier. Now, he was a ball hawk at Mississippi State. I believe he had 14 interceptions. So that's what you're looking at when you get an Emmanuel Forbes, the guy who forced turnovers, which the Raiders do need badly. But you have to look at his size and think, man, he is awfully thin at 166 pounds. Now, maybe he can gain some weight and get up to 180, and I would be more okay with it. But he would have to come in, and we the first thing we're doing is giving him hot dogs with potato salad on it. Because uh, he's got to, he's got to. No, what happens is our producer David Stepanian takes him to the Vegas buffets and just says, eat. "Dude, see the line? Just go yeah. get two items from every line and just keep eating." Right? I mean, he's got to bulk up, and and the weight room too. Obviously, an NFL weight room. Uh, yeah. Not that they don't do great in college, but it's just a whole different regimen in the NFL when you don't have school to worry about, and that's your job. So it'll be interesting. But I like Forbes a lot. But when you look at you think of Porter. You think of Gonzalez. You you think, of course, of Witherspoon. Um, all of those guys, to me, are better prospects. And so, Sean, I I would go with any of those guys, especially, I mean, you're talking about seven. It's got to be Witherspoon, maybe Porter, maybe Gonzalez, depending on how the draft lines up. But those three guys in that order, or excuse me, any of those three guys at seven, to me, makes sense. Uh, I know we're both big Witherspoon fans more so if he's there at seven, if he wasn't there at seven for some reason, which is might be the case with Detroit, then definitely Porter. I like Porter second and I like Gonzalez third, even though Gonzalez is getting all the hype. Here's how I'll break it down for Sean at seven Witherspoon for cornerback specifically at seven Witherspoon is my top guy. If Witherspoon is not there because the Detroit Lions swipe him as they did today in my mock draft, 
then I'm taking Christian Gonzalez. I think he's also worth the seventh. I think if he's if he's a, a Pro Bowl level cornerback, get that at seven. But if the Raiders trade down, I like I actually like Joey Porter Jr. as a prospect more than Christian Gonzalez. But I'm not taking Joey Porter Jr. at seven. Again, as I said earlier in the show, I would trade if the Raiders trade down into the you know 11th spot because the Titans want to move up for a quarterback who's available at seven. Then I take Joey Porter Jr. there. But mm-hmm. at seven, it's Witherspoon yep. Gonzalez trade down. It's Joey Porter Jr. But if the Raiders get uh, you know, a Jalen Carter or address another position in the first round and they have to get a or they, they want to get a cornerback in the second round. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Forbes, Keely Ringo will come into come into the effect. Cam Smith, who I really like. Those are the tier two guys in my opinion. But as you said, tier one, Witherspoon, Gonzalez, and Joey Porter Jr. Absolutely. All right. At Real Super Sean on Twitter. Thanks for the question. We certainly appreciate it. Big thanks. Now we go to our traditional and and weekly email from our, our great listener and viewer, Gary Harkinreader. Gary uh, writes in, he says, with all the draft banner and the smoke screens, my question to you and Midtown Mo, right? <laughs> right? It's got to be Midtown Mo. All right. We got to play the theme. He, I mean, he, he referenced your title. We have to. And you've been Midtown Mo like three times in the last two days or whatever it is. All right. There we go. Uh, regarding the defense, is Patrick Graham going to be the one making the the choice the draft choice basically example on draft day the raiders are on the clock ziegler turns to graham and says we can pick a b or c which one do you want thanks gary gary i don't think that's how it works i think the way it works um in most nfl front offices is yeah the defensive coordinator the head coach have input they they have their guys they've already ranked their guys okay and so when, when players come off the board, they pull the player off and whoever's left, and then they get to that point, I'm sure Dave Ziegler will say, okay, guys, w- you know, our top two guys are gone. We're down to three and four. You had them rated close together. Let's, let's talk real quick about which one we like better. And then Dave Ziegler makes a choice. I think it's a conversation. He doesn't make the pick, but he certainly has influence. Right. You want your defense corner to be involved because at the end of the day, he is calling the plays with these guys. So you, right. He has to be involved in that conversation. But I also think that you also lean on your scout team to know what works for your defense. So I think what will happen, just to simplify this, let's say Scott is GM Dave Ziegler and I am Patrick Graham because Scott's white and I'm black. <laughs> but anyway, let's say he has five guys, right, that, that he's got. How do you know I don't identify as black? Come on. <laughs> let's say let's – say, GM Dave Zucker, uh Go Branson has five guys that says, "Look, these five guys fit your fit your scheme. These are the top five guys out there." And then I say, as Patrick Graham, "Okay, I like these five guys. So if there are three guys that we both like, then those are the three guys that we focus on, and maybe we throw out the other two. But it, as you said, it's a collaborative approach where you try to find some common ground between." your scouting team and what you feel you need on the field. But you would hope that again, it's a collaborative effort and not something that we saw with John Gruden and the Reggie McKenzie years where you have multiple draft boards and guys disagreeing. Hopefully as, as Mark Davis said, when he hired Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, that there's some synergy between head coach GM and some of the assistants, Sham Kelly and the guys and the coordinators, because you want that synergy in a draft and you don't want five different opinions and then you get on the clock and you don't know what you're doing. I think it'll be a collaborative effort. I think they come together and find common ground. Some of those prospects, as you said. Absolutely. All right, Gary, as always, my friend, we appreciate you and we appreciate your questions. Okay. And by the way, Gary, thank you for not making it 16 paragraphs. 
I appreciate that. Very good. We read keep them all. Writing, Gary. Keep yes, writing, Gary. Keep writing. Yes. We're gonna collect. We we can. We're gonna do a book by Gary. Called, <laughs> called My Questions to Midtown Mo. All right. Okay. Our next one. This is a great one because this has to do with potato salad, but I'll, I, I you won't understand it until the end. All right. It says, "Hey guys, last time you mentioned Raider Nation is not really excited about the draft. I think the reason is my my opinion is obvious." No clear understanding of the big picture of where this team is heading to. Coming from over 20 years of disappointments with a new front office, including the non-existent experience and success, we do not know what to rely on. I can see all, all I can see is the top guys being drafted by us, but what's the strategy for this offseason, including free agency? I would really appreciate it if you could discuss this as a puzzle in total. Is it a rebuild? Yes, no, partly. I believe that Ziggy, I love that. He called him Ziggy. Ziggy and Josh expected way more substance in this roster coming to Las Vegas. And that's why we got Adams and Jones, or does this, or do these hirings still make sense in your opinion? Thanks from Raider nation all the way over in Germany. Nice. Yes. Germany where warm potato salad started, by the way, <laughs> that's why I looped those together. All right. So there's Daniel in Germany. Dan, uh, listen, the show, like Raider Nation, is international. We get questions from all over the world. It's really cool. And Daniel, we appreciate you sending in your first question. So, Mother, there's a couple things to unwrap there uh, that we've talked about on the show a lot, which is, number one, I'm going to start at the end, uh, not with the potato salad, but with with uh, did they know the roster? We talked about this right at the end of the season and as we started to go into free agency, right, which is, no, I don't think Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels had an idea of what the roster was until the season got a third of the way in. And then they made choices. They understood, Hey, this might not be the quarterback we need. Hey, this talent level is not what we expected or what it was on paper, which is why when we first got here, we said, Hey, this isn't a rebuild. No, we have a roster. We think we can compete quickly. They were wrong. That does not make them liars. What it meant was when they got in and they saw the product on the field, they said, wait a minute, we don't have all the right pieces. Am I summarizing that correctly, Mo? Yeah, there's a big difference between being a liar and just being flat out wrong about what you have. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think it's the latter for, for the Raiders. Mm. I think Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels thought, okay, we have a court, we have a veteran quarterback with a lot of experience. We have some pieces on the offensive line. We have some pieces on the defense. Denzel Perryman was coming off of his first Pro Bowl year as, as middle linebacker. So I feel like the Raiders came in, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler specifically came in and said, we can compete right away. Why else would you acquire yeah. Devontae Adams to pair with a Derek Carr? Why else would you sign Chandler Jones to a big deal? So you, they definitely thought that they could compete in year one, and it turns out they were wrong, and they weren't able to compete with the roster they had. Derek Carr wasn't the right quarterback for them. Chandler Jones now looks old. Devontae Adams was fine, of course, but in totality, it just wasn't enough to compete in the AFC West, compete in the AFC period, where they only win six games. So now you have to pivot and change your plans. And, yes, it is a rebuild. You got rid of your quarterback, got a new quarterback. We've said it many times on this show. They need starters on every level of the defense, so they have to revamp their defense. And they added a wide receiver. Now, I know mm -hmm. they were pretty good at wide receiver already with Adams and Renfro, but they added Jacoby Myers at $11 million a year. They traded Darren Wall, who's one of their top playmakers. This is definitely a rebuild and a pivot from their original plan, which was to compete in the AFC. Yeah, no question. And then if we get into the other part of the question about – not being excited about the draft. Totally understand. We've actually said that, right? As we understand the skepticism because it's been just, uh, you know, dumpster fire after dumpster fire for the most part. There's been a couple of good things here and there. And I certainly understand that. And I think that the, the idea, Mo, that, that they haven't communicated well 
a vision. Now, I understand this, and I think there's a good point to it, but at the same time, I don't know how much fans want. They're not going to say, hey, here's a 40-page guide on how we're going to build this team into a winner. And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. That's not, it's not meant to be a smart-ass remark. I'm just saying that they're going to paint a vision, hey, we're going to build a winner, right? Here's what we're going to do. And I think they've already said it, actually. When you look at it, Daniel, is they've said, listen, we need to build through the draft. They've said that numerous times over this offseason. So I think they're giving you the vision is it's going to be a little while. Hmm, it's going to be a little while. we got to build through the draft. We'll fill in with some free agents when we can. But we need to get better at every position. And to do that, we can't just go out and spend money or we'll, we'll shoot the whole thing. We need to build with young guys in skill positions, develop them, and keep them around. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Even if you don't want to filter through all these press conferences to find to piece together and find out what's the direction of this football team, I would tell fans who are confused just to look at what, how the Raiders have approached the offseason. It tells you everything about their, at least their short-term plans. You've, the said, this, you've, you've said this the entire offseason. Right, and I've said this for many weeks. Look at what they've done. They get rid of Derek Carr, replace it with Jimmy Garoppolo, who has some injury is, issues, and that's why I don't think he's a long-term answer. They signed a bunch of the guys on the defensive side of the ball to short-term or modest deals. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs is still waiting for a new contract. What this tells you is that it's a rebuild offseason, and they're trying to build from the draft. They have 12 picks. They, did, they didn't trade away picks for players. They got right. rid of Darren Waller for a pick, and they have 12. So what that tells you is that they're putting a lot of their eggs into this draft to rebuild this roster. So remember, let's just keep in mind that there's $30 million tied up into players who are not on this roster from the previous regime and then for letting go Derek Carr. So if you put that all together and you do the detective work, it tells you that it's a rebuild year and they're trying to do it with young guys from the draft and cheap guys off the cheap contracts and free agencies. Yep, there you go. Daniel in Germany, thank you so much. Send pretzels and beer. We appreciate that. Okay, now our last question we'll get to really quick. And this is wild because it comes from somebody I do not know in my hometown of Carlsbad, California, which is North San Diego County. He says, Mo and Scott, if the Raiders take a quarterback, mark my words, they will be set back for eight years. I don't believe any of the top quarterbacks, including Richardson, yes. are going to be NFL starters six years from now. We need to focus on defense, all of it, and offensive line. Am I crazy on this? Thanks, Daryl in Carlsbad, California. Go Lancers, by the way. That's my high school. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you writing it. So, Mo, I, I, I think we said this uh, in the first segment with Baldy, but also in the second segment when we recapped, which is I fully believe them not to, to go up and get a quarterback or to take a quarterback at seven 
i.e. Will Levis or whoever's left. Um, I anticipate that they're going to go all defense. An offensive lineman, Baldy, you mentioned you followed up with him on what he printed, I think, or posted on Tuesday about offensive linemen jumping ahead of wide receivers in the first round and in the second round. And so we could see the Raiders go defense and an offensive lineman. That would not surprise me. I still think they'll go defense, defense. But I don't think they're going to do a quarterback. I think they'll do a quarterback later on a flyer to see bring a young guy in and see how he does with the two veterans that are in going to be in camp already. Um, but outside of that, I don't expect quarterback play here. I don't expect quarterback unless the Texans trade out of the second pick and CJ Stroud is available. I, I'm not saying I expect the Raiders to draft up, but I would, I would think that they're going to make a phone call to see what what is the price moving up because that's what it boils down to is what is it going to take to move up? And if the price is high, I could see the Raiders being satisfied with just sticking at seven and taking the best defensive player available, which is fine. But I want to get to the emailers eight year time frame. <laughs> eight years is a long time. It's a long time. I, if the Raiders were to take a quarterback at seven or trade up for one and they missed, I, I think. The thing to remember is picking the picking the quarterback that wists will set you back in the short term. But the bigger problem is when you pick a quarterback and try to make it work, knowing that he's not the guy. Right. Sticking with a bad decision sets you back eight years. Making a bad decision doesn't set you back eight years because you can you can whiff at the quarterback position and draft another guy a year after we saw the Cardinals do it. But but look what the Jets like that quarterback situation didn't work out. I know they haven't gotten Aaron Rodgers yet. Uh, and that's going to force their hand. And so in some ways, having to take the Aaron Rodgers contract could set them back, although they're ready to win. So so there's ways past it. I don't think it's the old days where you get stuck with a guy and you're done. Because to your point, you get them on a rookie contract um, and and you're talking about, yeah, you have that four years. But but still, if if it doesn't work out, and in this case, you already have a veteran there who, by the way has an NFC championship ring. Remember that. I know he gets injured a lot and all that jazz, but the guy's won. I, I know you can say a team around him was great, all that stuff. The fact is he's won. So so it's not like it's going to be your only hope. And then if you miss on a quarterback, then you can, and you're not very good in your rebuild mode, you might be in a position next year to trade up and get one again. So, so again, this is a situation where I don't think it sets you back uh, as far as you think, maybe it sets you back a year or two, depending on your situation. But other than that, it's not to. And and this Raiders team, I think, is two years, probably three away from being a serious playoff team. And I say serious, meaning they could go deeper in the playoffs. I think after a year of rebuild, they could actually be in a position to make the playoffs. So so I think you have to keep that in mind. I get what you're stressing, though, Daryl, which is I don't want them to take a quarterback. <laughs> so I yeah. get that. So I, I understand that, and I think that's the fright of a lot of fans is that what if we take a quarterback and he turns out to be a bust? We're going to be a bum team for the next five, yeah. ten years. Yeah. And as I said, it's one thing to make a bad decision. You, it will set you back. It could set you back one or two years. It's another thing to stick with that bad decision too long. And that's what, that's when you get to, okay, we're going to be bad for eight years if you stick with a guy who should have been gone a year, two, three years prior. So – don't be afraid. I, I would say if the Raiders do a draft a quarterback, I wouldn't be afraid of that of that pick simply because that guy is not going to be expected to play right away. Because you, as you right. said, we, they have Jimmy Garoppolo there, so there's time to develop that guy, whoever he is, if they do draft someone. But I don't think it'll I don't think it'll set you back ten years if you're not going to be stubborn about it. Agreed. All right, there you go. You got through all the mail, man. Okay, now we'll take a breath and we'll recap uh, for next week. So next week, draft week. Uh, on Tuesday's show, we're going to have on Matt Holder from Bleacher Report. Matt's going to bring us through 
some more draft. We're going to do our final look in on the draft before Thursday night um, and make sure that you guys have the latest and we'll get his opinion. He's also obviously a Raider fan. So we'll have a sense for what he does there. Then on Thursday, we won't have a regular show on Thursday because of the draft itself. Again, I'll be on with Brian Baldinger and Jason Law Confora when the Raiders pick in the first round on the Odyssey 2023 Odyssey NFL draft show, which you can catch um, on the Odyssey app or on your local Odyssey station. You can also check it out live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page and as well as on Twitch. Mo will be live on the Bleacher Report draft show covering there too. So you can catch both spots. We won't be on a show here at Silverback today, but we will both be on draft. And then we will work out the schedule and do our post-draft recap with you uh, probably that next week. Uh, so, so next week we'll drop the one show and then maybe a second show late in the week if we can get to it. If not, we'll get back to you early that next week. But Mo, I'm looking forward to getting Matt on. He's been so knee deep, I should say neck deep in uh, draft stuff. It's going to be fun to talk to him. Absolutely. And just a quick shout out to Gary Harkery. We didn't get his question about undrafted free agents. Who the oh. we look at. We'll get to that with Matt since he's been, as you said, neck deep in, in prospects. We'll talk yes. to him about that and get back to Gary. So shout out to Gary. We didn't get you. But as you said, just a lot going on next week with the draft coming up. You're going to be on the show. I'm going to be doing a show. We're going to have Matt on. Raider fans are going to finally get to see their new crop of rookies. I, again, I've said this before. I think the Raiders are going to bring in at least 10 guys. I don't think they're going to make 12 picks because they're going to be maneuvering up and down, trading mm -hmm. picks to move up for certain guys. I think we're going to see 10 new Raiders, and at least eight of them are going to have a chance to make the final roster. There you go. You heard it from Mostradamus, his other his alter ego, not Midtown Mo, but Mostradamus. Three personalities. Uh, that's right. You got you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but we'll be back with you next week uh, at some point. So we'll figure that all out. But we appreciate you guys being with us. Do us a favor. But well, first, I got to say goodbye to my friend Mo. Mo, have a great week. We will talk to you on Tuesday with Matt. Yeah, I'm going to try to get some sleep before this upcoming week because I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all sleeping in this weekend. All right, Mo, I'll talk to you later. Um, okay, and don't forget, subscribe to the show. If you don't already subscribe to the show, do so wherever you get your audio. Subscribe, put on the auto-download so you never miss a show, especially Tuesday, Thursdays when we go live, or excuse me, when the show goes live. That means when you wake up in the morning, boom, it's there for your commute. You got to love it, so make sure you do that as well. Make sure you also subscribe on YouTube, hit the notifications bell, and thank you to our listeners on The Bet in Las Vegas for being with us. We certainly appreciate you listening on the radio in Las Vegas, Nevada, Battle Born. For our producer, David Stepanian, for Momot and my co-host, I am Scott Branson. Thank you so much for being with us. We will talk to you next week, Raider Nation. Enjoy the weekend. Take care.